Oracle. 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 Putting the E in e-learning. The date is 14th of December 2005. My name is Derek Morrison, editor of Oracle, and today I'm interviewing Oleg Lieber, who is Professor of E-Learning at the University of Bolton and Director of the National Centre for Educational Technology Interoperability Standards, otherwise known as CETIS. Oleg, uh, today I want to explore with you the concept of personal learning environments, uh, a concept you're very much associated with. First of all, you'd better clarify what's meant by personal learning environment, so can you do that for us? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of talk about personalisation going going on at the moment, and uh, we we don't mean individualisation. I think we really what we're really concerned, uh, or a concept we're concerned to kind of bring up to, to to raise is to do with shifting the locus of control out of the institution to the learner. Mm. Uh, at the moment, learners are very much uh, owned by the institution, um, and which and actually owned by departments to 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 a large extent. And we're kind of envisaging the future that lots of people have talked about, where learners are going to be much more mobile in terms of where they do the learning, uh, the places that they're registered at, um, whether they do informal learning uh, or not. Uh, and so if we kind of think that's a, uh, a realistic kind of situation, they're going to need a, uh, software tools that allow them to manage all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, most virtual learning environments are about institutions managing their learners, we're t- talking about learners managing their learning, so shifting the tools into the hands of the learners. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see as being a personal learning uh, environment. I'm not sure whether environment's actually the, uh, the right word, but a personal learning toolkit. C- can you describe what's, you know, what such a personal learning environment would look like? Because people are familiar with virtual learning environments mm-hmm. um, or, 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 or learning management systems. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about a personal learning environment, one of the difficulties I have is actually visualising what this thing okay. actually looks like. So. I think there are three things, three components, and uh, I think we actually had the ideas ten years ago in, in Coloca. Um, learners typically learn with other people, um, so they need to have some kind of uh, tool set for managing their relationships with other people. Uh, now, those other people may come from institutions. You know, so when you, ju- you could argue that what institutions do is actually provide a community um, and so if you join a course, you, you, you're told who else you're learning with. But I think learners need to do more than just be told who they're learning with. They need to, to be able to organise uh, their relationships, talk with those people, set up subgroups, study groups, whatever it happens to be. Um, they may also meet other people outside of their courses uh, with whom they want to have other conversations and whom they may wish to introduce to people within uh, that they met elsewhere. So there's a kind of... There's a kind of... Um, you know, there's a set of tools that you need to actually manage relationships, as well as providing chat tools and email tools and whatever else is, is needed to manage relationships. There's a, that's the people section. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a learning resource section. Mm-hmm. Now, they may be things that you've made, things that you're given by the, uh, an institution or a course, things that you've found, mm-hmm. uh, things that you've assembled from things that you've found. So, again, you need tools. You need tools to manage, to structure, to organize, to create, uh, and so on. So there's a resource bit. 
And uh, finally, there are activities. Now, mm. activities could be things like courses, mm. uh, but they could also be things like study groups and investigations, or whatever, whatever you think. But again, you need tools mm. that allow you to kind of structure resort, uh, structure activities, which typically would involve other people and would involve resources. Mm. I think those three three ideas we had ten years ago, and it's interesting that the learning design spec. Mm. If you look at it, it's kind of its its strapline. It's people. Uh, doing activities using resources mm. and resources again I'd say it, it's, you know, we need to incorporate within that uh, things, services as well as uh, just kind of you know, textual or mm. uh, learning resources Okay, okay. So, 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 so those are the core concepts there's more, there's more to it because it, w another idea that we've been kind of exploring is the idea of instrumentation because mm. at the moment that when you go on a course you're given the instruments that, to, that, that you use for your learning but actually, I think that we need to give um, learners some control over their instrumentation, over the tools that they actually use to do things. Mm -hmm. So instead of being told, I mean, a simple example, you go into WebCT, you use their chat tool. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, maybe you'd prefer to use your own chat tool. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe there's a whole set of kind of instruments uh, that you would like to, that you would prefer to use in a particular structure that you've set up yourself mm -hmm. uh, to tackle the, 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 the different learning activities that you might be involved with. Mm. And I think that's that's a key idea, and that's this is where I think web services and a, a service-oriented approach mm. um, can help us to, uh, to to develop a more sophisticated PLE than perhaps we could have, could have done ten years ago. And this okay. is where standards are important. Okay, but um, there's a lot of investment has gone into managed learning environments, virtual learning environments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there are a, a large number of institutions globally who bought into to. to uh, proprietary, highly centralised systems. So, you know, while I, I warm to the idea of personal learning environments, in in reality, um, is there space for the personal learning environment now? When when in fact there's been a, a heck of a lot of investment has actually gone into uh, highly centralised systems that are, are pretty far away from the concept that you've just just actually. Describe. Yeah, I think it's important that we have some a way in which the two can coexist. Mm. Um, I know that Boddington have been doing some work in, in this space. So you need to be able to interface a personal learning environment to a, to a VLE. Mm. Um, now, a VLE provides content. Mm. Uh, it provides a place where messaging happens mm -hmm. and assessment happens and some learner management on, be on behalf of the teacher. Um, now, if you could have a kind of an, a, a a personal tool, a kind of desktop application or a personal portal tool that can interface to a VLE, that can uh, receive the content that's been put within a course uh, or can receive messages and display them in the, in the kind of messaging tools that you've got and so on. Then the two can coexist. The institution runs its VLE, it, it sets its uh, courses up, uh, it structures the thing, but it can then export that and all the messaging to any kind of interoperable personal tools. So interoperability is, is a key idea here. Mm. We're not talking about creating a complete other world that ignores the world of VLEs. Mm. You know, I think we need to, to recognize the world as it is and work with it. However, the problem with VLEs is that if we really think that students are going to be mobile, are going to be multiply registered, mm. then essentially what we're doing is we're handing the problem over, uh, the, the problem of managing complexity over to the learner. They're registered at one institution where they're using WebCT, another institution where they're using Blackboard, and a third one where they're using Moodle. The poor old student has to learn all the interfaces, has to learn where they are at any one time, learn to use all the different kind of instruments that are provided, 
you know, this is, I think this is unreasonable. So either there are three solutions to this. Either we say there, is no, there will be no mobile students, they will continue to be registered in single institutions, which is possible. Mm -hmm. um, or we're going to end up with one VLE. Mm -hmm. Well, there are attempts to uh, create that kind of world going on at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, or we need, or we, or we've done something wrong. We've got to be doing doing something which actually allows the learner to manage that. Mm. Now, at the moment, the tool that learners given is the browser, mm. and we're talking about something which is more than a browser. Mm. We include a browser, but it gives the learner structuring, interface, uh, and the, the other tools that I, I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at first, it can be the sort of the the enhanced browser that, that interfaces to multiple systems. But then, I think in the longer term, we need to look at exactly what it is that institutions should be providing, um, rather than these kind of, you know, everything from the resources to the interface, which is what they do at the moment. Okay. So, is this is this a vision thing? Is it is it is it, is it still at the concept stage, or or are there practical examples of what you're talking about? Because it's, um, you know, if you like, if, if a technophile like myself mm -hmm. has to do a little bit of mental gymnastics around this concept. Um, it's going to be considerably more challenging mm -hmm. when, when one is talking to people who have a large degree of investment in existing ways of thinking and in, in, existing, in existing technical systems, infrastructures, architectures. Um, so, so, so therefore, if you had something concrete with yeah. which to actually show them, yeah. that, that helps. It, it, does, do any such artefacts, tools actually exist? Well, at the we're, we're currently working on a reference model for PLEs because obviously the first thing is to define it, which mm -hmm. is what we've been talking about. What is a PLE and what, what distinguishes it from other things like VLEs? Um, once we've defined what it is, we need to talk a bit about the kind of the, the boundary of the functionality that it offers so that it's not too broad and doesn't end up being the ultimate groupware system oh, and cool. so on. So we're working on that, but we're also working on two prototypes. Mm -hmm. One prototype is a desktop application. Um, now, these are not going to be perfect finished products, they're going to be indicators of what a PLE may be like because we're not we're not trying to you know, corner the market we're trying to say here's a new space and we want lots of people to start working in that space you know open source uh, and commercial mm -hmm. um, the other prototype that we're doing is a portal based prototype and the, the vision here is that the students in the future will have you know their Google home pages and even Google now is beginning to give you kind of more functionality than just a page where you locate stuff that are tools mm -hmm. and so on so portal-based prototype, way, which mirrors what we're doing on, on the desktop. And I think that's one of the interesting areas at the moment, is that, you know, there's a, that, that, that uh, the web is beginning to look more and more like an application. You know, and applications are doing more and more web things. Mm. And I think a good model for kind of thinking about what we're doing is, would be something like iTunes or Media Player, which interacts with the web, but gives you structuring tools to manage your playlists and things of this mm. sort. Now imagine that, but for learning. So it's managing resources, but also people and so on. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you merge this horrible idea, media player with Outlook, you're beginning to get something like uh, what we're talking about. And then imagine Outlook not just talking to Exchange Server, but to whatever back-end mm -hmm. systems through, uh, the, you know, through embracing open standards. Then we begin to get to the kind of idea that we're talking about. Okay, you, you've talked about we. Who who is we? Uh, are working okay. on the reference. Well, model. We, we've been uh, we've been commissioned by JISC to produce a reference. So model. CETUS has. CETUS been. has. Yeah. Okay. No. So we've been asked by JISC to explore this to produce a reference model and, and the two prototypes, mm -hmm. which will then and the main output is going to be 
a report mm -hmm. and we hope the report will be read by lots of people and it will stimulate them to go and start producing you know, mm -hmm. tools of this sort and there could be a range of tools I don't imagine that they'll all do the same they'll still be uh, stimulated by people's ideas around teaching and learning mm -hmm. and I hope it'll kind of lead to a, a greater diversity of kind of pedagogic approaches organizational approaches and so on than VLEs currently do because I think there's a big you know, we've seen a huge reduction in variety mm -hmm. in the VLE world over mm -hmm. the last you know, seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. If you went to Bruce Landon's site in, you know, in the 90s, there was 180 kind of products mm -hmm. that called them that, that were in the VLE space. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask most people what's a VLE, they could list maybe half a dozen. Okay. I think that's you know, that's a problem. Okay. Um, what other work in, in this area is kind of... Okay, we know that, that uh, JISC... CETUS, um, basically works being commissioned in the, the, this this area within the UK and with, within uh, within higher and further education. Uh, but what about globally? What else is, is being done in this area uh, globally? Um, not a huge amount, I don't mm. think. I know that Sakai is certainly very interested. We had the CETUS conference uh, uh, a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and had a had a workshop around PLEs, which was very well attended. I mean, there was, there was standing room only in, in, the, in, in this room that we had. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly the chief architect for Sakai, Ch Charles Severance, um, was very enthusiastic about the work that we're doing and sees it as being an element that maybe they need to include in, in Sakai. And certainly the, the online-offline mm -hmm. idea and the kind of the, the, the idea that learners are not always are uh, going to be logged onto the system and doing things and to disable them when they're logged off, when they're travelling, when they're somewhere else is, is also, a, I think, um, an issue that, that, that he, he pointed out. And, of course, the developing world, um, you know, we can't make assumptions about bandwidth and mm. permanent log-on uh, in the developing world. Mm. So this was an aspect, you know, it's certainly something we were concerned about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. um, but obviously in the UK, bandwidth has ceased to be as big a problem as it was then, but in, in, in the world as it is, uh, it, it, sti it still is a problem. So to be able to lo log off and still do rich things in your environment, and then log back on and, and synchronise with the with the online system, I think is really important. So that's an interesting aspect that's often forgotten. But we we tend to think of you know the, the digital world, the all connected world, the, the world of, yeah. of, of of broadband. But being able to function offline yeah. in a constructive way. That if one went on, on a, onto a train or a, on a or a train or a plane, um, therefore. Um, you would not necessarily have that level of connectivity. Yeah. So the concept of actually having sort of um, the ability to work offline, I think, yeah. is a, a, an extremely, an extremely important one. Yeah. Um, you did some earlier work on this. You, you mentioned colloquia yeah. uh, 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 earlier on. Um, is this influenced your current thinking a lot? <laughs> colloquia. We, we wrote colloquia, which was essentially an offline learning management system. In in 1995 was when we started work on it, and of course at that time um, it wasn't like there was an alternative. You know, VLEs were a new concept, mm -hmm. and we'd, we had the web and we had the web, uh, web servers plus CGI. And some people went off and said, "Oh, we can enhance what web servers do with CGI." Mm -hmm. We had Java, and we'd done previous work uh, in, in my past on desktop applications. And we thought, "Oh, we can write a desktop application that's going to help with learning," mm -hmm. and so. There was no, there was no kind of. Um, we weren't opposing anything. We were just trying to make tools for 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 learning, mm. and we ended up with a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, desktop application that did pretty much the things that we talked about. You know, 
manage resources, manage people, and you can set up activities and you can share them and so mm. on. Now clearly, it, if you look at colloquium, one of the things that we felt very strongly at that time was that you needed symmetry between the teacher and the learner. The teacher and the learner had to have the same tool and could do the same things. You know, an activity for a teacher might be a course that they set up, but if a, if a learner sets up an activity or a sub-activity within a course, that might be their private study group. Mm -hmm. And so these were concepts that we thought were just reasonable concepts within the educational space, you know, that's mm -hmm. what happens in real life. But then when we saw the emergence of, of, um, of server-based VLEs, they tended to be asymmetrical. Lots of tools for, for teachers, not very much for learners. Learners consume content and maybe do some messaging, teachers set up courses, structure content, mark uh, tests, etc., etc., etc. And so that's, that's when, but that's when we, we realized that actually there was going to be some kind of educational struggle. Um, now the server-based solution one because it fits much better, I think, within uh, the institutional con context. It's easier to manage a server-based system. You can update it once and, and so on. You don't have to worry about updating lots of, of people. And uh, and colloquial wasn't. You can't say it's been widely adopted because that, it hasn't. It's been a, a curiosity that lots of people kind of think is very interesting, but not many, very many people have used. Although I have to say, I taught a degree using colloquial very successfully, and everyone really liked it because of its symmetric nature. Um, so that gave, us the, that gave us the idea, but we realized, I think, quite early on that Colloquia would not survive if, if it wasn't able to interoperate with other systems that were, out there, that, that were going to be out there, either other VLEs or repositories or whatever it happened to be. And actually that was the reason that we ended up bidding for, this, for what became the CETIS contract because we wanted to ensure that there were interoperability standards. And remember that IMS originally was the instructional management system. It was about interoperability between LMSs or VLEs. And so we wanted to, to kind of be in that game to see what was happening, to encourage the development of standards that would permit tools like Coloca and others to, to, to kind of interoperate in a sea of uh, learning tools. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. Mm. many years later kind of revisit, revisiting this space and what, what I'm really happy about is that the educational and organisational ideas that we had then and the analysis that we made then still I, th I think is still valid today okay. and maybe the only thing that we got wrong was, you know, was the, 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 how long it would take uh, for the, 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 the um, internet enabled mobile student to become a reality but I think it's I still think that's that's what's so. Colloquia was ahead of its time. I think Colloquia was ahead of its time. Okay. Well, is is there a, a URL where people can find out the more information or? Um yes, I mean for the for the PLE work, the URL is uh, cetus.act.uk/members/ple. Mm -hmm. That's easy to remember. Uh, the Colloquia site continues to be www.colloquia.net, mm -hmm. uh, and you can still download it, and it still works, and it's still I think. Uh, an interesting tool to play with. And I think if you look at the two things, our prototypes will eventually go onto the um, the PLE site. It'll be interesting to look at, at the two and compare, you know, how things have moved on. You know, when we did Colloquia, there were no blogs, there were no wikis. Mm -hmm. you know, the people's practice was different. People made web pages, and that was much more difficult than contributing to blogs. There was no RSS, there was no Atom, there was no FOF. We rely a lot on these things in the PLE prototype, and they weren't there mm -hmm. when we were doing Colloquia. So, you know, the world is a different place, not only technically, but also in terms of people's practice. Um, so I think the PLE work is going to be um, certainly of interest. Mm -hmm. I think 
PLEs of some sort will play a role. I think we will have enhanced clients, at least, mm-hmm. to VLEs that will do more than, than the browser does at the moment. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I think it's good. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, this is Derek Morrison, editor of Oracle. And I've been talking to uh, Oleg Lieber um, about personal learning environments. And uh, this is me signing off. Thank you.